0: Nation, what is going on? Welcome to another episode of the Hawks Fan TV Podcast. I'm your host, Mac, joined by my co-host, Alex. And we are pretty excited to bring you this episode because the Hawks are actually on a two-game winning streak. And uh, we were just saying off-air how nice it is to record after a win because it's just the vibes are so much higher. So, you know, obviously we we beat the kind of the lowly Wizards uh, uh, over the weekend, but took down the uh, the. The highly, if you will, Oklahoma City Thunder last night, 141 to 138. That final score isn't necessarily indicative of how sound of a win it was for the Hawks as well. I know people are going to look at that and be like, oh, that game was pretty close. Honestly, it it really wasn't. The Thunder kind of pulled away at the end there and made it a little bit closer. But obviously, the Hawks pulled away with the win. Um, and you know how I can say that it was a sound win? It was a game that we started the game 11-0, and we never trailed the entire time. So it sounds like a pretty sound win to me in the NBA. So um I'm I'm feeling pretty good two two straight wins after four straight losses and uh you know it's it's a new year man so I I gotta feel good about it right so how how are you feeling Alex
1: yeah same here Mac I mean it it was a rough stretch for a little bit but hey we won on the last day of 2023 we turned the page into 2024 and now we we finished or we started exactly how we finished the year and that's off a W so Wins nowadays are hard to come by, Mac, and I'm sure for all you listeners out there and other Hawks fans, you feel the same way. So, hey, when when you're under 500, as much as we've been all season, we'll take any win we can get. And like I said in the uh, HFTV spaces that we do on Twitter, I mean, hey, last year was last year. All we can do now is start the year and, and try to rack up as many wins and hopefully wipe away our sins that we committed in 2023. So, hey, new year, new team, possibly question mark. So that's what I'm hoping for. And um, things are good, man. We beat a great team last night. Second team in the, or second seed in the West in OKC. Um, and they're the real deal, man. I, I honestly thought the beginning part of their season was maybe a little fluky. I thought after like the first 10 or 15 games, they'd kind of come back down on earth, but they're still racking up a lot of wins you know, 30 plus games into the season, they are still the second seed in the West. So that's a good, good team win. Granted, it was off a of back-to-back, but hey, we we won. Um, back-to-backs are part of the league and we still beat a solid team. So can't complain.
0: No, yeah, I, I completely agree with you. They're obviously one of the better teams in the league at this point and could very well finish as a top two or three seed in the West, uh, which is year in year, you know, one of the probably the tougher conference you know of, of our lifetime at least so um but it's it the, the the win you know it gave me the optimism that I was hoping 2024 would bring because there were so many good things about the win and that was honestly you know I know there was a lot of tweets including from the account last night and my and myself as well but Jalen Johnson man Jalen Johnson what a stud. What an, abs- what an absolute stud, man. Career-high 28 points last night, another seven boards as well, and just making play after play after play on, on both ends of the floor, which is exactly what the Hawks need, is someone who can actually legitimately play both ends of the floor. And, man, some of those dunks, like, I I, I went to bed dreaming of them, man. Like, the one where he caught it coming down the lane. No, no, the one where he – took it the entire court down the mm-hmm. lane and just yammed on him, man. It was, it was, it was quite a play. So I'm, uh, I, you know, and he also had two quick fouls. So honestly, when he had the two quick fouls, I'll be honest, I was like, dang, you know, I mean, he's had a, he's had a hot start, but you know, he he may end up getting a little bit of foul trouble. They, they, they may uh, be a little schematic on that, on that end for the, for the thunder. But, you know, he ended up having obviously the best night of his career, Trey said it in the postgame uh, presser as well. Like he's just going to have career nights for the rest of the season. You know, like 28 points will will be something in the distant past of a career high in points uh, here in the next few months with Jalen. So um, just so many good things to like. I mean, Bogey, uh, you know, had 14 points in nine minutes off the bench uh, and had another incredible night just to kind of solidify his argument at this point in the season for six man of the year which, um, you know, I mean, I know we're a little biased here here in the South, but I, I think at this point he does have probably one of, if not the strongest argument for six-man of the year. I know Austin Reeves is, is the favorite right now, and, you know, that's just what's going to happen when, exactly when you're when you're an L.A. Laker. Like, I get that, but um, if you – you know, the, the numbers don't lie. Bogey is putting up, you know, quite quite a year for a six-man. So um, – and, you know, DeJounte – was throwing 30-foot lobs and, you know, playing well when Trey was on, on the bench and, you know, doing what normally he does, which is kind of heat up in the second half and and get a quick 10 points in the third quarter, 10, 12 points, something like that when Trey's on the bench. So it was just nice, man. And my, my, my last note, Trent Forrest with some clutch buckets and great defense on, on SGA at the end. So honestly, man, it was just, there's so many things to like about it. Just so many things.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head with the whole Jalen thing, right? Like Jalen career night. He came off a career night uh, on New Year's Eve against the Wizards, scoring 24 points. He follows up that performance with 28 buckets, um, and man, he he was doing a little bit of everything. We saw we saw like the complete game, and what a lot of Hawks fans are hopeful for is like he is a dynamic two way player. Like he can score, he can get out in transition, he can lead the fast break, he can pass, he can defend, he can get steals. Uh, he can throw alley-oops with his passing ability. So he, he's just like a jack-of-all-trades, and we've been saying it for a few weeks now. Like, he is arguably the second most impactful player on the team when you factor in his offense and his defensive ability. Um, And, and we said it on a show maybe a week or two ago when he was still injured but like when you have, when you look at our team, you have all these other players that are specialized in maybe one role, right? That's like Clint for rebounding. Then you got Trey and DeJounte for extra playmaking and passing. You have, you know, Onyeka for his versatile defense, but none of those players can do all of those things in one. And Jalen Johnson is that. I mean, he filled up the stat, stat sheet last night, 28 points, seven rebounds, four steals, uh, three assists. So he, he was doing it all, man. And like you said, he got into early foul trouble. So he was actually the only starter that didn't play 30 plus minutes last night, but he still logged 28 points and all those other uh, stats. So he played a great game, had a couple of monstrous dunks in that first half, especially, you know, most notably on Chet with that poster. I've been rewatching Jalen highlights like literally all morning back. I, I've watched. I keep re-watching the same highlight reel, and I just watch different YouTube videos of just Jalen Johnson clips. And uh yeah, it's 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 it it makes me happy, and, and I like doing things that make me happy. And watching Jalen Johnson makes me happy. And I advise every other Hawks fan out there that if you want to find some happiness in your life, you gotta watch some Jalen Johnson highlights, especially after a win he was doing it all, man. Um, and Bogey, yeah, you hit you hit it on with Bogey, dude. Like he was in a slump, uh, I guess you could say. And and I'll cut him some slack just because he kind of carried our offense in, in Jalen's absence. Um, and, and we lost a few games because of his due shooting, uh, poor shooting. Now, of course, it wasn't all on Bogey, but he kind of went in a slump in a really bad time. But he he followed that up last night, hit five threes off the bench, scored twenty plus points, just like he's been doing for a majority of the season. And like you said, it. Bogey six man of the year candidate, man, like he is the front runner, in my opinion. If you look at every major statistical category, most points off the bench, most threes off the bench, most three pointers off the bench, he leads the league and all of that. So when you factor in his scoring ability, his efficiency and just his microwave uh, scoring that's needed off the bench that every team needs, he's literally number one in every single one of those categories. So he is making a strong, strong campaign for that six man of the year. Hopefully he keeps it up with his knees and everything. And hopefully he doesn't get a little fatigue towards the end of the season, but we need this bogey for the rest of the season, man. And while we're on the topic of awards, real, I'll end it with this. Bogey six man of the year, Jalen Johnson, most improved player, right? Um, and I was doing some research tonight uh, earlier today. You have to play 65 games to be eligible for MIP, much like uh, you know six man of the war. Any major award, you had to play at least 65 games. Uh, they increased that from last year. So with uh, Jalen missing that month span during his wrist injury, he lost a lot of those games. So now he only has three games available that he can miss from now until the end of the season in order to qualify for that MIP award. So hopefully, you know, we all pray and hopefully Jalen becomes uh, healthy and doesn't get hurt and he. Uh, Any significant injuries from now until the end of the season, because I really, really would love Jalen to continue this streak, because if he stays healthy, he's on the court. He's going to keep doing what he's doing, man. And I'm slowly starting to see other media pages, other reporters around the league actually start to take notice of Jalen Johnson. So I think more people are starting to hear the name. More people are starting to see his highlights reels. And uh, he's, he's balling, man. So those are the two big awards that I'm pushing for. Obviously, Trey should make an all star. Trey should make an all NBA. But I want to show some love to some of the role players. Um, and I feel bad even saying role players because I, I genuinely feel like Jalen at his peak could be like, you know, second or third best player on this team. He's going to be a future star bogey this late into his career he's six man of the year so it would be quite the um awesome gift for us for an atlanta fan because we don't really get many awards because for whatever reason you know the general media is super biased towards us but man it would be a hell of a season even if we you know didn't make it far in the playoffs if, if our two guys can get those awards that would be dope um and if Laurie Markinen, who plays in Utah, the Mormon capital of the world, can win a damn MIP, there's no reason why a Hawks player can't win it. There we go. My rant
0: is over. I love it. I love it. I love it. I You got my vote, man. You got my vote. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, to kind of strengthen the case for uh, Jalen's MIP or most improved player, M- MIP may mean a little something different to uh to those <laughs> who got in trouble in our younger years right um <laughs> luckily I never got an mip thank god <laughs> uh, uh, uh no comment um so so last season you know Jalen and look man I'm gonna go ahead and point out that obviously this season he's gotten a huge increase in minutes per game so obviously naturally some of these stats were gonna go up but to me it's the the percentages and I'm and I'm gonna go over them um, like he is the most improved player. It's not even close. Okay. So he had 5.6 points per game last year. Up to this year so far, he's got 15.3. I'm gonna make the very strong argument that 15.3 is gonna probably be as high as maybe even 18 by the end of the season. Um, he's he's gonna he's gonna keep scoring, got a higher clip. He he's proved that. Four point he, literally four rebounds a game per per game last year, eight point one this year. Went ahead and doubled that. So here's his shooting uh, percentages from last year. from three, 62.8 from the free throw line, and 49.1 overall. So now this year it's 41.5 from three, 79.2 from free throw, and 59.6 overall. What? Like, come on, dude. Like, he that is such an improvement. You know, the minutes per game, I understand that that's going to make the points go up, the rebounds go up, the assists go up. I understand that you're just you're out there longer. You're going to, if you are a good player, you're going to get more stats it's the percentages, man. Come on. Like those, those are, those are crazy jumps, especially the three point percentage in my Breach. mind. Yeah. Like those, those are, those are crazy jumps in my mind. So it's, I think at this point, if Jalen doesn't <clears throat> win, uh, or at least is a finalist for most improved player, especially bogey with six man at that, like if those, those two dudes aren't at least finalists, it goes all the way back. I'm telling you, Alex, I, I looked this up because I was so tired of this national media bias against the city of Atlanta goes back to 1996 when the little old city of Atlanta got awarded the summer Olympics and all these other cities in the country that wanted it, that were bigger at the time thought they deserved it more. And apparently since then there's been this really, really obvious national negative bias against the city of Atlanta. So you know what? I'll call it out too, man. You went on your rant? I'll go on mine. I'm calling it out. It's it, It's got enough because we've hardly even mentioned Trey Young in this episode yet. And Trey Young does not get nearly the amount of respect that he does. We've had countless episodes about it. We don't even need to do that right now because we got other dudes on the team that need more respect. So it's just wild to me that that's something that, you know, what is that, almost 30 years ago at this point, that they're they're still doing to us. Because some of these reporters, man, I get, you know, the Woody Pages of the world are, you know, are the old guys still doing the Bill pashkin flash keys. But I mean, there's, there's a lot of guys our age, man, you know, where it's like, come on, dude, like you were a, a child, a baby when that was happening. Like, stop it. Stop it. Quit acting like you care.
1: I, I completely agree, man. The the national hate to Atlanta is, is sickening. It, it makes me it. sick to my stomach. They hate us. Cause they ain't us, man. We're the hip hop capital of the world. We're the Hollywood of the South. Um, we set the culture for a lot of the popular things in the U S so Hey man, you know, we're the strip club capital of the world. We got a lot of things, chicken wing capital of the world. So yeah, man, the pe- people are jealous of, of how great Atlanta is and they hate us because they ain't, us. simple as that.
0: Simple as that, man. Simple as that. Couldn't agree more. Um, so yeah, man, you know, we will, uh, we'll, we'll wrap up the the recap of the, the Thunder game on this and that's, that, you know, that, that's a el- borderline elite team that we beat with an elite player, and Shay Gildress-Alexander. Like, I, I think that dude is actually ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, man, there were so many pieces on the Thunder that just kind of – I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I I will admit, I haven't watched a ton of Thunder games this year so far. So, you know, watching them the full game last night, you know, because we played them in November before, and it was early November at that. So, I mean, it's kind of hard to get a, a fill on a team at that point in the season. But, man, like, Casey Wallace was – nasty honestly like he was hitting some big shots some big threes and um you know i i, I did really want casein wallace out of the draft but he he went to it. we picked 15th so it's not like we could have even gotten him anyway so um but yeah no an elite borderline elite team that we beat last night that should and i'm hoping gives not only fans but the team themselves the players themselves you know some level of of um, I don't want to use the word hope because I know players don't use hope because they're they're professional athletes. They're not hoping that they win. They're gonna go out there and you know prepare. What what what's your four P's? What is it? What is it, Alex? Um yeah, it's this,
1: it's the six Ps, right? Piss poor or, or hold on. It's piss poor preparation. Fuck. I haven't used this this uh <laughs> piss poor preparation. Oh no no! This is what it is. All right, the six P's in life. All right, I'm just going to put everyone on game here. Proper planning prevents piss poor performance. Proper planning prevents piss poor performance. The six P's.
0: Exactly. So the six P's, as Alex was just saying, I know, I know, athletes they don't hope you know they go by the six P's. They're like, we're going to properly plan and we're going to go out there and you know, uh, not have a piss poor performance. So, um, I, but I, I think you know, it's it's. Something where um, never trailing it gets a team that good. I I don't know. It's It's got to give you the the right mindset of that you can go with the best. Um, I think I saw some stat. I wish I would wrote it down, but it was some stat along the lines of something where, like, the Hawks have had a double-digit lead in, like, the highest percentage of their games out of any team in the league, which I mean, a, a double-digit lead at some point in the game – you know, the highest percentage of games they've played out of any team in the league, which really that shows that like, look, at the end of the day, you know, we obviously don't even have a winning record. We're five games below 500, but we can r- clearly at some point in the game run with the best of them and even get up at, at you know, a, a a high point. So, or, or you know, a large margin rather. So I don't know. It's uh, it's, it's a stat that's encouraging. If your team was, you know, five games over 500 uh, instead of below 500, but it at least shows me that, you know, we do have a pretty solid squad and maybe some changes are going to be made, Alex. I don't know. That's uh kind of, kind of what we'll talk about next here. So, um, you know, the Hawks at this point, uh, I think I even saw a tweet from Woj saying that they're definitely open for business at, at the moment. So, you know, don't be surprised if a move is made. And, you know, there's there's some potential trades that we've seen out there. Um, obviously, they see the Occam one, but I don't think we've actually seen like what pieces would necessarily be included in that one just yet. Um, but there's the other one in the Brent Grimes, Evan Fournier, two draft picks for DeJounte Murray to the Knicks. Brent Grimes. Uh, uh,
1: I didn't know the Falcons, a Falcons player played on <laughs>
0: God. Oh, Played God. On the Knicks. Yeah. Quentin Grimes. Yeah. yeah, Quentin Grimes. Sorry, guys. Sorry. Sorry. I had fo- football on the brain a little bit too. Um, but uh yeah, that one I, I gotta admit, I I I don't know how I feel about that one, but we'll, we'll 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 get into it. So how how do you feel about these potential trades so far, Alex?
1: Yeah, like I'm I'm still on the Pascal hype train. I think he does a lot of good things that could help this team. Um, and if we actually did package up like DeAndre Hunter and AJ Griffin. Maybe a future first round pick to get someone like Pascal Siakam. We can move him at the power forward spot, move Jalen to the three. Uh, and that adds a lot more versatility on, on just the wings in our front court. So I get the whole uh concern about, you know, oh, is he gonna resign? Is, is he just gonna walk in free agency? He's gonna be a rental Alex, this and that. I've heard it all and I get it, but Hey, if, if we if we can acquire Pascal before the deadline and, you know, we go on a nice little win streak and, you know, make a nice little playoff push, uh, then I think, you know, winning cures all and, you know, we'll, we'll have the cap space to to afford him. So we'll see what happens. Uh, that's probably the trade I'm most likely in favor of the whole thing for DeJounte Murray and, you know, for Quentin Grimes and Evan Fournier and two future first. No, absolutely not, um, because. Yeah, I just I don't think that helps this team. I think this actually makes this team worse. And unless our front office is mas- you know, mastering some crazy plan and you know leveraging those two future first round picks for another like all star caliber player, then sure. But I highly doubt that's going to happen. So I rather just take the safe conservative route and just get Pascal Siakam and uh, let's call it that. So yeah, I mean, um, I think trades do need to be made. Woj. Uh, made a tweet yesterday about how uh, he was doing a Q and A. A fellow Hawks fan asked him, "Hey, you know, are Hawks going to be buyers or sellers at the deadline?" He didn't answer whether it was going to be buyers or sellers. All he said was they were going to be very active during the deadline, and uh, Landry Field is determined to make a move and reconstruct this roster. So, you know, from our standpoint, that's good. Uh, And right now, any change is good change, in my opinion, like, you know, we're five games under 500. We haven't started the season off the way we wanted to. Dre is is dealing with some injuries. AJ's had some personal issues. Um, You know, Sadiq Bey has been overly underwhelming, you know, to to start the season. So, yeah, man, I'm ready to move some pieces, shake, shake some things up. And, uh, you know, Insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. So let's iterate the roster, make some changes. I'm fully on board with moving DeAndre Hunter because I think, you know, it, the time has come. We're probably a year overdue, but the time has come. We need to trade Dre, trade A.J. Griffin, you know, possibly if it nets us a really good player, maybe even think about trading Onyeka, uh, get Sadiq Bey off this team. So, yeah, man, I, I think we got a few moving pieces and hopefully our front office delivers.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No man, I couldn't agree more. Um, you know, it it does feel good to get that 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 team win last night, but I don't want that to be interpreted as I don't think any changes should be made because I'm right there with you where changes most definitely should be made. I I think there's clearly some untouchable players on on the team at this point. Uh, I think Trey and Jalen most notably. Um, but other than that, I don't, I, don't I, I I don't know. I think probably everybody else isn't necessarily untouchable. Um, but you know, I think the whole idea of being a buyer-seller, I think at this point, being the five games under five hundred, you really have to look at this roster and some of the 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 key pieces of it and the coaching staff and the first season of this coaching staff and the new scheme and everything. I know they got, what was it, I think about 20 games with Quinn last year, but still, this is still the first full season of Quinn. Um, I think you really have to kind of look in the mirror and be like, should, should we be selling or, you know, should we be buying, right? So... Um, But I also kind of interpreted Woj's tweet, the the end of it about Landry Fields wanting to make a move here as that, you know, Landry's a young GM and I don't think it's, you know, hard to, uh, I don't want to, you know, assume anything or speculate, but like he's a young GM. He wants to prove that he can do this, right? Like he wants to say like, hey, I can actually build a championship continuing roster. And, you know, it's January 4th and my team's five games under 500. I think I've clearly haven't done that for this season to this point. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if a, a decently big move is made in that we acquire a Pascal Siakam and a DeJounte Murray or someone of that, that stature is included in the return package or whatever it may be. Right. Um, so I like one of my notes on the Siakam trade is just in all caps, make it happen, you know, cause I think that's a guy that, as you said, um, I understand the whole rental aspect, but there's, there's been a few guys uh, I think I think DeJounte was a rental guy, right? And we re signed him. So um the whole idea of you know, a player not re signing in Atlanta with a Trey Young to throw him lobs over and over again and go to as you said, <laughs> all the strip clubs and chicken wings he could ever want. Uh, I don't know. It uh um it's it's I, I, I wouldn't be worried of him not re signing. I guess that's what I'm getting at, all jokes aside. So um so yeah, man, I I think a, a trade definitely needs to happen. Uh, but it's I think it's time will tell whether it's a, a large or small trade and whether we're the ones selling or we're the ones buying. You know, because I think the the Grimes and and Fournier and the draft picks trade I kind of view that as us selling, right? And I think the Siakam trade is more of us buying, right? So I I think I think exactly. time will tell.
1: Like if if we do end up trading Dejounte for that a similar package like you just listed, then that clearly means like they they've given up on this season, right? They've given up on the season. We're selling, uh, and now we're just trying to recoup some assets for future moves. And, and that I don't think that's the right direction. Uh, the Pascal thing that would indicate we're more buying because that's more of a win now type of move. And right now with with how compressed the the standings are, like. Yeah, I know we we started the season off really poorly. Like we're fourteen and nineteen, we're still five games under five hundred. But like the Nets, who are the ninth seed, they they're fifteen and twenty. They've been on a, a five game losing streak. The Knicks and Cavs, Magic and Pacers, they all pretty much have the same record at nineteen wins. We're only five games behind them, um, uh, and we still have you know f- f- 49 ish games left to go literally 49 initial left games to go so a lot can happen from now until the end of the season a lot of room can be made up in those 49 games uh players can get hurt on opposing teams and people can just go in funks and slumps and they start losing like what we're seeing with the nets uh and other teams like that so look when you have Trey Young as your cornerstone, now you have the emergence of Jalen Johnson. Bogey's playing some of the best ball of his career. Uh, you need to capitalize. Like we have a couple of really, really good pieces, and we need to iterate and try to salvage what's left of this season because we still can salvage it, as crazy as that sounds, but we're not gonna do it with this current roster. It's just not, we can be hopeful and pray and wish and things like that, but you know, we've seen it time and time again. It's just not gonna work. So let's make the changes sooner rather than later so we're not in the same exact position uh, as we were the past two years. So Landry, if you can hear this, make some changes. Ultimately, I know it takes two teams to tango. Like, you know, both sides have to agree. So, you know, I want to emphasize like uh, last summer we were trying really hard to trade DeAndre Hunter and we were trying hard to uh, trade A.J. Griffin. But ultimately, the other party didn't agree. So I commend our front office for at least trying But look, let's let's keep trying. Let's keep pushing. Landry, I need to use your you need to use your Ivy League negotiation skills and just get a deal done, man. Get a deal done. Try to upgrade at the three or the four. Get rid of DeAndre Hunter, uh, A.J. Griffin, uh, Sadiq Bey, possibly Onyeka or Clint. And let's just let's improve this roster. There's a lot of time still left. And Trey's playing his best ball of his career. Jalen's emerging as a superstar. Bogie's playing the best ball of his career. A lot of good things are happening in the midst of this kind of turmoil-esque season or what seems to be like turmoil. Uh we can still make up a lot of ground, man. Like 5 through 10 right now is still relatively close. So let's make a push and let's get it done, man.
0: Oh yeah. No, I could I couldn't agree more, man. I I think you nailed everything on the head, so I I will I'll leave it at that and uh you know, you you mentioned the Orlando Magic is one of those teams ahead of us, so a nice little segue into what we'll wrap the episode up on is that's you know just a preview of our next two games against the Pacers and the Magic, both on the road. Uh, the Magic have lost eight of their last eleven games, so they're they they are on a little bit of a free fall here. So um, you know the the teams above us, I guess, because you, you mentioned the Nets as well. Um, there's prop you know some of them that are 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 not doing too hot right now, so we could definitely make some ground on them. Pretty quickly, even Um, Pacers a little bit different. They won five straight, but uh, so did the Oklahoma City Thunder and we beat them. And I I was trying to look up the stat and it was taking me forever. I couldn't find it, actually. But I know it's happened a a handful of times in the last couple of seasons. But the Hawks are like they're they're a streak ender. Like we have ended so many streaks for teams where it'll be like an 11 game win streak, uh, you know, a seven game win streak last night, five game win streak um so i don't know just uh cool that we were able to do that so um but yeah no like i said we'll, we'll wrap the episode up on that i i think the pacers game we could easily win they're they're not a team that i necessarily fear and that's because of their horrendous defense there is somehow a team you know at this point in the season i know we're picking it up a little bit but there is somehow a team this point in the season is worse at defense than the atlanta hawks and that's yeah. that's that's the indiana pacers um so i i you know i i can easily see us winning that one and like i just mentioned the magic are on such a little free fall right now that honestly we could definitely sneak into orlando and get that one as well so um i i I won't predict anything because i feel like every time i do that i end up jinxing us so i'm not gonna predict anything but i i i think uh we we should do do pretty well in both those games so um, we'll wrap it up on that though. So, uh, as always, thank you guys for the support of the podcast and the account in general. Uh, be sure to follow us at Instagram and Twitter at HawksFanTV. TV, check out all of our articles at hawksfantv.com as well. That's where you'll find some cool content as well. And, uh, yeah, guys, just be looking out for more and hopefully these episodes, the vibes get, continue to be high because the Hawks continue to win. So we'll see what happens. Uh, yes, but, sir. As, but as always go Hawks, baby. Oh, Hawks,
1: thanks for listening.